just a few moments, we're going to go to the scripture. Sometimes maybe you wonder, maybe you ponder. How do you know what to preach? Maybe you've asked that question before. You know, how, how, does, a, how does a pastor, and we have ministers here, how, how, do they, how do they know what to preach? I'll tell you a couple of three different things. Sometimes you're just led a certain way. You just feel God just directing you. You hope to be spiritual enough that you follow his leading. Sometimes another way that God develops a message inside of your pastor is when you're reading your daily Bible reading. Sometimes a verse of scripture just leaps off the pages into your spirit. And sometimes you can't write or type fast enough because it just begins to flow. I love those times. Then there are other times when a shepherd just knows the needs of his flock. And that is the case today. I've preached on many subjects over the years, but I don't guess any bring me more joy than the subject that I'm going to share with you today. And that is the subject of provision. Because I know that there are many in the room that need God's supernatural and natural provision. I not only enjoy talking about provision, but I, I love to talk about how he provides because he's such a creative God. And sometimes he just astounds us and amazes us by his creative way of taking care of our needs. Two very familiar verses, one that has become especially meaningful in the last few years in my life is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And it says these words, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. That one's not as well known as this one. This one many of us have quoted, we've heard taught, preached, sung, and it's found in Philippians chapter 4, and it's verse 19. But my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You believe that today? Do you really believe that today? In just a few moments, God's going to make some provision available. But I want to tell you something. A lot of times that provision is made available in response to our faith. 
And our faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So in this prayer, I want you to pray, God, increase my faith as I hear your Word. Could we pray together in concert? Father, I come before you today. Your Spirit has been here ever so present from the very beginning of service. And Lord, I'm grateful. But God, as I come to you right now, I need your touch. I need your strength. I need your anointing. I pray that every heart would be open and every ear would hear the word of the living God. That it would take root in our spirit, in our heart, in our soul. And Lord, it would ignite our faith to trust in you for our practical and spiritual needs, for our natural and our supernatural needs. God, may every soul in this place become fertile ground for the seed of the Word in preparation for the miracles that you want to perform in this place today. I give you glory and honor and praise for these things in Jesus' name. And the church said, He is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. He desires for His grace and His provision to abound toward you so that you can abound in every good work. Our confidence and our calling is ignited and it's grown in fulfilling what God has called us to do when we know that the Father will provide for us so that we can focus on that calling. Let's break it down today. Let's call our needs natural and supernatural. Natural needs, of course, are those things that have to do with our normal existence in the real world. Webster would state that it's operating in the physical world as opposed to the spiritual world. Our natural needs are our health, food and water, finances, education, family, a Christian companion, the very practical things that each of us desire and have to have or feel we have to have to survive. There are times that these natural and practical needs just don't seem to come naturally. There are times we have to stretch our faith and we have to ask a supernatural God who transcends all natural boundaries to display His power to supply our very practical needs. So we have natural needs, and we have supernatural needs. These are needs that have to do with that that goes beyond the visible, observable, practical life into the realm of spiritual things. The needs within our hearts. 
Some examples of spirit's supernatural needs would be salvation, deliverance from depression, victory in spiritual warfare, overcoming a sinful habit, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, finding peace in our troubled circumstances. Those are supernatural needs. I think it's safe to say that we can identify and define the difference between natural needs and supernatural needs. Well, what I find intriguing in my life and in the lives of believers that I come in contact with is that we can get out of balance as it relates to spiritual and practical, as it relates to natural and, and supernatural. For example, we can, we can seek God only for our natural needs and all the while neglect the spiritual temperature of our heart. In fact, there's probably people right here in this room today. You're praying to God, God, I've got to have you. I've got to have you to meet my natural needs. And, 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 and I've, got you to, I've, got to, I've got to have that job. I've got to have that companion. I've got to have those finances in my life. It's our, it's our human nature to prioritize our natural needs over our spiritual needs, over our supernatural needs. Or... There are times that, that we seek the spiritual blessings of the Lord and everything's going great and we're standing strong in the Lord and in the power of His might until that unexpected bill comes in the mail and then we suddenly fall apart. We get some, a, a sudden dose of anxiety settles in upon us. Not all trips to the mailbox are good trips. I tell my wife, I'm going to check the mail. She said, why are you going to check the mail? I said, because there's probably a big check in there. I'm going by faith. There's going to be a big check. <laughs> but I had a little anxiety come in this past week. I showed up at the mailbox looking for the big check. It wasn't the big check. It was a very unexpected $854 bill. Oh, my gracious, it threw me for a loop. A little anxiety started to settle in. I said, what is going on here? It, it began to try to needle in my mind. But this morning, I, I want to remind this group of worshipers that we serve an all-sufficient God. And we serve a God who provides in the natural we serve a God who provides in the supernatural. We serve a God who, who meets both physical and spiritual needs. His hand is open to give you the desires of your heart. Now this morning, I want to break it down a little further. Maybe if you've been a student of Scripture any length of time, you, this will be familiar to you. But I want to talk about the prophet Elijah for a little bit. And I want to talk about three different times that God provided for him. The first time God provided for him, he provided supernaturally for the natural needs in his life. And I want to tell you, sometimes God just, he'll, he'll kind of move heaven and earth if he needs to, to show you that he's in charge. 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. Elijah the prophet tells evil King Ahab, he said, there's not going to be any rain nor even dew on the ground for these years. But the Lord told the prophet personally, I want you to go to the brook Cherith. And when you get there, you're going to drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So in obedience, the Bible says he goes to the brook where God commanded him. And when he gets there, he finds uh, 
clean and cool, fresh, gurgling water to refresh him. Not only that, but twice a day, the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and in the evening. Everywhere in the land, rivers and streams and brooks are drying up, but God sends him in obedience to God. He ends up at a branch of the Jordan River where there is fresh water to minister to him. And, and, And then God chooses ravens to feed Elijah. I thought about that, Brother Fred, many, many times. And I thought, boy, the Lord could have certainly chose a more cooperative bird to bring bread and flesh to Elijah. I thought I would have chose an eagle, a majestic eagle, the eagle that represents our patriotism. If an eagle comes swooping down, we feel somehow privileged that we've gotten a visit from an eagle. Or maybe I would have chosen a dove, a peaceful dove, you know, a white dove. Dove, a dove that, that looks peaceful and, 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 and it's probably very uh, much more of a cleaner bird. But no, no, no. God chooses a, a raven. He, he chooses a raven where we get the word ravenous. A ravenous means uh, always eager for food and, and self-consumed and, and satisfied, uh, taking care of its own needs. will eat just about anything and normally is concerned only only for its welfare, thrives on eating flesh. We know them today as roadkill birds. Amen. It's that it's that bird that you approach at 45 miles an hour partaking of an animal that has been struck by a car. Let me just say for the record, I despise blackbirds. The reason why I despise them, I always was disgusted when I see them feeding on roadkill in the middle of the highway. But when we were in Richmond, I really got a new uh, found hatred for these birds because they they would come on my, I had a sunroof on my SUV and I'd park it outside of the church and the blackbirds would come and land on my SUV and they would peck away at the little rubber, the seal that went around my, I'm telling you I don't carry, I don't pack but if I could have, I would have probably been visited in prison because I'd have probably taken some shots at those blackbirds on top of my SUV when we pastored in Richmond. I mean, they, did, they were just constantly pecked away. At, at the, I can't stand those birds, those birds. I saw two of them yesterday, and I felt a little animosity rise up in my spirit. I never have liked those birds, never have cared for them. But I want somebody to understand something today. On that day, during that period of time, a ravenous, self-absorbed, self-centered bird became a divine meat wagon for the prophet of the Lord. Now, let me tell you something. That, my friend, is a supernatural miracle. No supply in the land. That in itself is a miracle enough. But the fact that a creature consumed with its own desires is operated by the great creator, to take care of the child of God at breakfast, to take care of the child of God at supper. Let me tell you something. God will move heaven and earth to take care of you. It's like the psalmist wrote, I have been young and now I am old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. God will move supernaturally to meet your natural practical needs. Somebody give him praise. 
Hallelujah. <laughs> I thought when I was reading that this week, I thought, man, that raven must have thought, well, today I'm going to skip my assignment because I'd rather just feed myself. But then the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Creator, gets a hold of him and says, no, no, I've got a divine assignment for you. My child is down there. And even though there's a famine in the land, I've promised if he goes where I send him, I will take care of him. Can I tell somebody today, God still provides where God guides. <laughs> he can open riverbeds for three million to walk across. That's what he did for the Jews when he opened the Red Sea. We get excited about that, but you know what? He did it for one of his prophets. He did it for Elisha, the successor of Elijah. God opened the Jordan River for three million, and he opened the Jordan River for one. He's not just a corporate God. He is a very personal God. And I'm telling you, whatever you need, he will take care of you. You see, I've known what it's like to be on the receiving end when unsaved people have helped me. Come on now. They're not given. They're not predisposed to doing good things. They're lost. They're undone. They're consumed with their own appetites. I've known what it's like to be on the other end when I determined that we were going to pay our tithes in our early years of marriage and an unsaved family member came by and blessed us financially. Didn't do it before. Hasn't done it since. But can I remind someone today that the wealth of the wicked is still stored up for the righteous. He prepares a table before us. He does it in the presence of our enemies. You can feast with the Father while you're fighting with the foe. Somebody ought to say amen. So God provides supernaturally. And he does it through for our natural needs. He moves in the spiritual realm and it's manifested in the physical realm. That's what happened. And then God said, I want you to leave the brook Cherith, and I want you to go to a city called Zarephath. And so he left the brook Cherith. The brook dried up. The ravens were no longer coming, but he was still following the direction of the Lord. And so he shows up at a city called Zarephath, and he finds a little widow woman gathering sticks at the gate of the city. He asked her for a little water. She was willing to do that, so he, he pressed and said, can I get a morsel of bread from you? And this is what she said. She said, sir, I have a little meal, and I have a little oil. I'm about to make me and my son a cake, and then we're going to die. And see, what you're getting ready to see is that God meets our needs naturally, and he does it through natural channels. Come on, stay with me now. 
So, but he, he said, continue on. Go ahead and, and make that cake for you and your son, but give me some of the cake first. Boy, that was bold. That was audacious. But no, he was under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He was under the direction of Almighty God, and this is what he said. He said, if you do it, you will find that the barrel of meal will not waste, and neither shall the cruise of oil fail. Now, there's a whole lot of preaching that I could do right here about the little widow woman. But what I really want you to notice this morning is that God used a person with a free will, a natural woman, to feed the man of God. He had moved supernaturally, Brother James, to feed him through the birds. But now God says, I'm going I'm to mix things up a little bit. <laughs> Lord, help me preach here. I'm going to mix it up. We're gonna, I, I found me a little widow woman, a little widow woman that's going to trust in me. And she's going to take care of my servant. You see, sometimes I think we spirit-filled believers, I think we get so spiritual-minded that we forget that God uses simple human channels. God has ordained other believers to meet and bless your natural needs. Can I tell you something today? God speaks to your brothers and God speaks to your sisters to give you a check for groceries, to give you a check for your light bill or for medicine or help with the lawn care or the light bill or the, to fix your car. God still speaks to the children of God to bless each other. God still moves through natural channels to meet Meet our natural needs. Now you don't have to broadcast it. You don't have to lay down serious hints. If you really trust in God and you really live by faith, then God will speak to those around you. I had a lady in one church that we pastored that, boy, she would just tout her problems to everyone. Constantly walking around. Oh, she could speak in tongues in service. But then she would moan and groan to anyone that would listen about all the shortcomings and all the financial needs in her life. And i tell you what happened when she did that. It was a repellent. It repelled people. It drove people away. People are no dummies. You're sitting among some spirit-filled, anointed children of God. And if God speaks to their heart, they will listen. And if God speaks to their heart, they will listen. And they may surprise you and walk up to you saying, you know what? God just revealed to me you got something going on in your life and hands you a $50 bill. And you got up that morning wondering where the $50 was going to come from. I'm preaching better than y'all shouting here. God speaks. You should move when God tells you to move. You should give when God tells you to give. And you know what? You should also allow others to bless you. Newsflash. If your pastor comes to you and says... I sense you got a need going on in your life. Whatever you do, don't you get Peter's stinking feet syndrome. For those of y'all who don't know that story, 
Jesus went around and washed all of the disciples' feet. But when he got to Peter, Peter said, there's no way that you are washing my feet. He had stinking feet syndrome. He was okay as long as he was serving someone else, but he wasn't good with someone serving him. Can I tell you that there was a time in the early church, there was no blue collar and white collar. Everybody had all things common, and they brought it together and laid it at the disciples' feet. Y'all thinking about your IRA right now, aren't you? That was the New Testament. That was the early church. A preacher got up and pulled something like that today. We think he was part of a cult. But that was the early church. What I'm trying to tell you is, is that we have to come down off of our spiritual high horse and, and quit being pride-filled and let the body of Christ minister to us. I want to call Pulaski Church of God to fundamental blessing, to tithing, to missions giving, to orphans, to widows, to retired ministers, to feeding the poor. There are fatherless children in our community that need our love and our support. I don't believe God ever intended for the government to raise fatherless children. I really don't. God has a greater organization than the government. It's called the church. I used to have an arrogance about me when it came to retired ministers. And I used to say, oh, they should have planned better. And one day God showed me something. Boy, he chastised me good. He showed me that many of them preached the gospel when all they received was poundings of food or nothing while they pulled a part-time secular job just to feed their family. I will go on record as saying that retired ministers are worthy of double honor. We are blessed right here with a couple that served here for six years. And whatever your impressions were, Donnie and Clarice Weaver have served faithfully the ministry here and outside of this country and around this country. They are wonderful choice servants of the Lord, and they are worthy of double honor. We must stand for the widows in the church. Exodus says, do not afflict the widow. Deuteronomy says, after the tithe, make sure the widows are cared for. Isaiah tells us to plead for the widow. James tells us to visit the widows in their affliction. It was the top business of the early church after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was what are we going to do to take care of the widows in the early church? I'm going to step out on a limb here. I want every widow in this room to stand to your feet, would you?
This is a wonderful group of women of God. Let them know how much you love them. Don't, don't sit down. Don't sit down. Let them know how much you love them. Don't sit down. It could very well be in this very moment that God would speak to your heart and say, you know what? I know that one over there, and I know that, hey, that, hey sh- there's some things we could do to help them. Now, you wonderful widows that we love and adore, Sean, come town painting party day time. We're focusing on some individuals. Please, you have to tell us what you need in your home and let us minister to you. Come on now, somebody help me preach here. We're here for you. You could be seated. God may speak to you and say, you know what? We need to adopt a widow. What are you preaching, pastor? I'm preaching that God sometimes moves through blackbirds supernaturally to meet natural needs, and he does amazing things like that. But he also moves through natural channels, such as you and I, to meet the needs of those that we come in contact with. You focus on the origin, the source, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's the one that takes care of everything. From the word, we find that he'll send a ram when you need a sacrifice. He'll send a wind when you need to cross the sea. He'll send a widow with a little oil and meal when you need to eat. He'll send you strength when new ropes have you bound. He'll send lockjaw when you're hanging with hungry lines. He'll send a whale, a bellyache when you're trapped inside. And if any of those are not in his plan, he will walk into the fires of your life. And you'll walk out not even smelling like smoke. Can I tell you something? Whether it is through a bird with no will or a widow with a free will, it all comes from the Lord. Maybe one of the reasons I'm so stirred up is because I'm asking God for a a four-hour or 24-hour turnaround. What do you mean by that? What does that mean? It's kind of odd. Well, 24 hours later, I went to the mailbox again, and there was a $900 check that I wasn't expecting that took care of the $854 check 24 hours earlier. Had some money left over to take mama to dinner. Kind of four-hour turnaround. You see, See, the thing about a preacher is, a pastor, is that they not only got their personal stuff to deal with, they have their church stuff to deal with. Third week of January, and I'm, I can't say I was pouting. I didn't have a lot of anxiety. We had lost a Sunday. I'm looking at a new building. I'm anticipating that we're going to have financing. Budget had been great last year. You're a wonderful group of giving folks. But January didn't start off as strong as every month average last year. So I was having a moment. It was just a brief moment, but God hears our words. 
And I made the statement to our administrative assistant. I said, we're, we're such and such an amount off monthly of what we were last year. That was at 10 a.m. in the morning. By 2 o'clock in the afternoon, exactly four hours later, somebody came in and dropped off a check for 10 times the amount of the shortfall. I've come by to tell someone that God is in charge. God is in control. Keep your eyes upon him. And all these things will be added unto you. But finally, I'm going to rehearse this again. He'll move supernaturally to meet your natural needs. That's what he did with the ravens. That was a supernatural miracle. He'll move, Brother Asa, through natural channels to meet your natural need. As he did with the little widow woman. One more. Sometimes God moves supernaturally for your supernatural needs. I want you to notice a couple things. In the first two miracles, number one, the need was a natural need met with natural means. But in the, also secondly, in the first two miracles, very important, Elijah is instructed where to go. He was told to go to the brook Cherith. Ravens fed him day and night. He was told to go to Zarephath. And the little widow woman met his needs by the divine abundance of heaven. Now watch this, though. In 1 Kings 19 and 4, it's important. You kind of just gloss over it. But it says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. There's nowhere in there where God told him to go to the wilderness. God never instructed him to go find a juniper tree and sit down and pout. He did. He found that juniper tree. He was depressed. He was scared because a evil queen had threatened his life. The man was suicidal. The man asked God to take his life. Did you know there were four men in the Bible that at one point during their walk on this earth were suicidal? Three of them were prophets. Moses, Job, Elijah, and Jonah. Go study it. Here he is. He's depressed. He's not following God. He himself has gone out. What does he do? He falls asleep. And as he sleeps, one of God's angels sets up a barbecue pit right there in the wilderness. A baked cake on hot coals. A cruise of water. He awakened out of his slumber and he ate the divine manna from heaven and then he fell asleep again. And then a few hours went by and he awakened again and he ate again. You see, his need 
was both natural and supernatural. His need was both physical and spiritual. The widow's cake would not have lasted 40 days. The, the raven's bread and flesh would not have lasted 40 days. But the divine manna from heaven, he went in the strength of that for the next 40 days. There are times that we are at our appointed places and we are following God's voice and we're faithful to him and he provides. And yet there are also times that we don't follow him, but yet because of his grace and mercy, he still provides. Let's be honest today. Sometimes you don't need a check in the mail. Everybody loves a check in the mail, but sometimes you don't need a check in the mail. There's things that are more important. I would dare say to anybody that is lost without Jesus, that is dying because of a physical malady in their body, I would say to them that they have a greater need than their healing. They need their salvation. Sometimes you don't need somebody to come by and bless you with a piece of money. Sometimes you don't need the next companion. Sometimes you need angel food from heaven. Sometimes you got to get to a place where you say, God, I know you've got all the rest of this stuff taken care of. And my healing would be wonderful, and that financial miracle would be great. But today, I need to feed on the manna from the ovens of heaven. I'm going to tell you something. There is no ravens in this place this morning. The widows that are present are not enough to host all of us. But one thing I know for sure... As I stand here behind this sacred desk, I am confident of this, that the angelic host of heaven is setting up a barbecue pit around these altars. And if you will come hungry, you will be fed holy bread that will not waste away and will carry you for days, weeks, and months to come. Somebody ought to say amen. Whether it's a bird with no will or a widow with a free will or an angel sent by divine will, we praise God from whom all blessings flow. Just music on the keys, please, Tony, if you would. I would like for every minister and elder minister's spouse and elder's spouse to come at this time, if you would. And what I want you to do is I want you to spread across the front of this church from one end to the other. Turn and face the congregation. Come on, quickly. Quickly. Spread on out. Spread on out. Take it on down, Brother Danny, if you take it on down to the end. 
Some of you can come this way. Come on down this way just a little bit more. Maybe y'all can spread that way just a little bit. I want it so it's evenly all the way across. Oh, sometimes we say, Lord, if it be your will. But I'm telling you, he's more willing to give than you are to receive. And I, don't, I have no idea what the need is. Everyone in this room has needs of one kind or another. But I know this. There is some faith-filled people from one side of this altar to the other that are willing to pray for you and to believe. Is it possible that by 4 o'clock this afternoon your miracle could show up? Well, the mail don't run on Sunday. You know what? Rebuke that doubt. Amen? Come on now. Somebody help me here. We are people of faith, are we not? Is it possible? Is it possible that by 11.57 tomorrow, that that's been so pressing upon you, that need... I've done testified to you about a four-hour miracle and a 24-hour miracle that happened in the last two weeks. You say, well, you don't know my need. I'm going to tell you something. With man, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You can sit back and wallow in the continuous need that you're in or you can step out by faith the choice is up to you I prayed at the beginning and I said these words Lord we want their faith to be increased and if this word has done its job through the spirit then your faith ought to be ignited right about now my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to ask you to close your eyes, but there are faith-filled, spirit-filled believers all over this place, around this altar. I want them to begin to lay hands on you. Come on. There's been one. Come on. Come on. There's a multitude that need to be up here. You need to be up here. Come on, right now. Come on, right now. Come on, right now. Come on, right now. Come on. All over the house. Come on. Come on. Whatever the need is. Find, find some of these, you that are up here. That's right. Just gather in around them. Come on. Come on. Come on. There's some down on this end. There's some down on this end. Come on over here. Come on over here. Come on. Wherever you find them. Wherever you find them. Begin to lay hands on them. He's a supernatural God that will meet your natural need. He's a God that works through natural channels to meet your natural need. God that provides on my way to my healing. 
God. 